Good morning, happy Saturday, January 9th, and welcome to Every Day is a Holiday, a daily podcast calendar giving you a reason to celebrate every day of the year. Today's holiday is National Law Enforcement Appreciation Day, and please, before you turn off this episode, just listen. I recognize this holiday might be a bit more difficult to swallow given the murder of George Floyd last May, and especially with what happened in Washington, D.C. this past Wednesday. I've seen a lot of friends and acquaintances calling out how different the attack on the U.S. Capitol would have been responded to if it had been committed by Black Lives Matters protesters instead of mostly white supporters of the 45th president. And although I agree that there would likely have been a very different response in that scenario, there are a lot of other factors making this situation different. When comparing the actions of law enforcement last Wednesday to law enforcement and military actions from six months ago, A huge difference is that in this case, it was mostly reactionary. And yeah, you can say that they should have seen it coming, been warned earlier, had a stronger security force, and sure, they should have, but they didn't. They weren't prepared for the thousands of domestic terrorists, many of whom were armed and fueled by their own sense of delusional reality to storm into the building. I don't know the procedures they have to deal with something like that, and... I don't know what instructions those personnel were given while it was happening, but I also can't begin to imagine what it would be like to be on shift with one or two other security personnel who probably weren't keeping up with the president's speech that morning, and then all of a sudden getting a call that an angry mob of thousands is marching to your building. I'm assuming Capitol Hill law enforcement have seen a lot of peaceful protests over the years. DC is kinda the place to do a protest. But then you hear a protest of thousands has turned violent fast and people are breaking into your place of work? Personally, I would never want to be that person. I don't think I could handle it, and I cannot imagine the things that go through a person's mind when faced with that kind of stress. So I can't blame the officers who are caught between a vote and an insurrection. I just want you to remember that this week's horrible attack should not be considered the fault of law enforcement because there are many good police officers. Today's holiday is meant to celebrate those who work in law enforcement, especially the ones who do a dang good job of it. Of course, there are bad police officers who do terrible things in the name of racism and self-entitlement. There are bad people in every profession. And bad people should be held responsible. But not all law enforcement should be persecuted for the actions of the few pieces of crap in their profession. The important thing to remember today is that there are so many more police officers, government agents, and military personnel who do their work in the name of service and protection, who are good men and women and otherwise of all shapes and colors and denominations working to keep their communities in this country safe. Those fellow human meat sacks deserve recognition today. So, shout out to every member of law enforcement out there who is literally just trying to do their job and isn't a trash human. I'm thankful for your existence. If you know any law enforcement officials, or if you see any on the streets, take a moment to thank them for their service, be kind to one another, and be thankful that despite all the bad, we live in a time and place that is overall much better than it has been in the past. Happy Law Enforcement Appreciation Day, and... Thank you for sticking with me through that. Now, let's take a moment to look back through the years to see what happened on this day in history. 
A large crowd gathered outside the walls of the Walnut Street Prison, facing what is now Independence Square in Philadelphia at dawn on January 9th, 1793. The occasion was not a hanging, as was more common in that day, but a balloon launching, which, if successful, would be the first aerial voyage in the history of the new United States of America and the New World. That was an excerpt from the HistoryNet.com article about Jean-Pierre Blanchard, because on this day, 228 years ago, Blanchard made the first successful hot air balloon flight in the United States. Now, it wasn't the first time a hot air balloon had ever been flown by a person. Jean-Pierre had already been doing that for about 10 years since his first successful manned balloon flight on November 21st, 1783, launching from the Palace of Versailles in France. But this is America, and we like to make a big deal about when things happen here for the first time. JK, kinda. But I'd bet Jean-Pierre was also looking to make the news, get more publicity, and maybe even set the record of having successfully flown his balloon in every country in the world, so it deserves recognition. There are a lot of countries, though, and I'm assuming not all of them have weather conducive to balloon flight. I feel like places with arid climates have never been graced by hot air balloons. Sorry, Jean-Pierre. But none of that is important, because today's the day that he first successfully flew over America. And because this day is so much more important than the actual first balloon flight, January 8th is also officially known as Balloon Ascension Day. So if you have access to a hot air balloon, today's your day to fly it. And if you don't, maybe just pop on in to Party City for some balloons and a helium canister, and let loose! Now, it's time to commemorate the births and deaths of famous or infamous individuals in our next segment, Life and Legacy. Today marks the 77th birthday of guitarist and founder of the rock band Led Zeppelin, Jimmy Page. James Patrick Page II was born to James Patrick Page and Patricia Elizabeth Gaffigan in the West London suburb of Heston on January 9, 1944. Jimmy Page had begun his music career as a studio session musician in London. I had to look up what a session musician was, and it means that Jimmy Page was more or less just a guy who had a lot of musical talent, who was hired to play music with other artists for recording sessions, or even for live shows, without being a permanent member of the band. I didn't know that was a thing until now, but I imagine it's not uncommon. There are literally so many careers that you don't know are a thing until you stumble upon them and you think, oh, yeah, that makes sense, because somebody's got to do that. I even had the thought the other day of who designs the machines and factories that then go on to efficiently construct other machines, like coffee makers or power tools. Upon reflection, it's obviously a large number of different trades of engineering coming together, but I had never really thought about it until now. Anyway, getting back on track to Jimmy, he was a session musician. Until the February of 1965, when Eric Clapton quit the Yardbirds band, and Jimmy was formally offered to fill his spot. He declined the offer, however, not wanting to give up his lucrative session musician career, and suggested the Yardbirds take on his friend, Jeff Beck. In May of 1966, drummer Keith Moon, bass player John Paul Jones, keyboardist Nicky Hopkins, Jeff Beck and Jimmy Page recorded Beck's Bolero in London's IBC Studios. That experience inspired Jimmy to form a supergroup band with Keith, Jeff, and The Who's John Entwistle on bass. 
However, that group didn't have a quality vocalist and were struggling with contractual problems that prevented the project from ever getting off the ground. It was at that point that Keith Moon suggested the name Led Zeppelin for the first time, after John Entwistle had commented that trying to get that supergroup started would take to the air like a lead balloon. In 1968, after a series of Yardbirds band members leaving, coming back, then leaving again, and being replaced, Jimmy Page was touring with a group now calling themselves the New Yardbirds, but remembered John's good old lead balloon joke and changed the group's name to Led Zeppelin. Jimmy performed as lead guitarist of Led Zeppelin from 1968 to 1980, touring all around the world until they disbanded shortly after the death of drummer John Bonham. Jimmy continued playing guitar for a number of different bands throughout the next decade. In December of 2005, at 61 years of age, Jimmy Page was honored by Queen Elizabeth II by being appointed Officer of the Most Excellent Order of the British Empire, labeled OBE. The Order of the British Empire is a British order of chivalry, rewarding contributions to the arts and sciences, work with charitable and welfare organizations, and public service outside the civil service. Jimmy was given this honor in recognition of his charity work for Task Brazil and the Action for Brazil's Children's Trust. I'm not sure if he believes it, but Jimmy Page is widely considered to be one of the greatest and most influential guitarists of all time. Happy birthday to the Pontiff of Power Riffing! Today, we also recognize January 8th, 1324, as the death day of Venetian explorer Marco Polo. Marco Polo was the first European to lead an exploration and document certain parts of the Asian continent. His travel book inspired many other travelers to also go explore new lands. Take a moment to imagine if you had never seen a map of the world. If you had never read about or seen any pictures of famous landmarks in other countries, or anything. And back then, in a time before satellite imagery, the only way to travel long distances was on a sailboat. Going to another country, or especially to another continent at that time, would legitimately have been like traveling to another planet with sentient life now. Knowing nothing of the new environment or its people, what treasures you'd find, or what dangers you'd encountered, that's a really exciting notion. With that train of thought, I can almost understand why people would volunteer to be amongst the first to colonize the moon or Mars. The overwhelming desire to go out and discover someplace new and then returning to share the discoveries was undoubtedly the driving force of Marco Polo's travels. In honor of his death day, I'd like to honor all of the explorers who like getting out there in search of new discoveries. Whether they be new places, new people, or even new knowledge, it all applies. So go be an explorer today, in memory of Marco Polo. Lastly, let's find out what listeners like you are celebrating today in our final segment, Listener Celebrations. I realize that I have a mass of friends on Facebook whose birthdays come and go, and I don't ever tend to acknowledge their birthdays because it just doesn't feel very special to Facebook post another happy birthday to the mountain of other happy birthdays they've already received. But for the people who really matter to you, I think it's good to shoot them a message personally. You could maybe even reconnect with someone you haven't spoken to in a while on their birthday. Well, today is my friend Steven's birthday. Steven is a friend of mine from high school who performed with me in musicals and plays. My best memory from our time on stage together was when we were brothers in Joseph and the Amazing Technicolor Dreamcoat my junior year of high school. I haven't seen him often since I moved to Southern California, 
But in October of 2019, I had the chance to go visit home, meet his boyfriend, and see a production of Mamma Mia with them. We all had a really good time. Steven is a kind soul and a very loyal friend. I hope you have an awesome birthday today, Stefouche. Now, I realize I can't make every listener celebration that personal and in-depth, especially for people sending in their own celebrations, because I obviously don't know all of you, but I still encourage each and every one listening to please message me at everydaysaholidaypod on Instagram to share whatever you're celebrating on certain days of the year. Nothing is too big or too small. So if you'd like to share your celebrations with the show and have us all celebrate with you together, shoot me a message once again at everydaysaholidaypod on Instagram. Thank you for joining me in today's celebrations. Special thanks to AJ Curtin for composing the music for Every Day's a Holiday. Please rate and review Every Day's a Holiday on Apple or Google Podcasts to let me know what you think of the show. And tune in tomorrow morning to see what there is to celebrate on January 10th. Enjoy today and catch you tomorrow.